Hello, everybody. Good morning and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show radio to open the heart, heal the soul and awaken the consciousness. Good morning, Mr. Benny. Hi there. Good morning. Good, morning. Good day to everyone and happy welcome back to school for some of you. My boys are actually heading back to their first day of middle school. <gasps> It what begin, it begins no. oh my god middle school yes what happened? sixth grade Daddy, when right did that happen? oh, I don't know, man. oh my gosh yeah i know um yeah i can't believe today is september 1st mm-hmm. i um i was laughing i have uh some of my clients are are like summer be done i'm ready for you know fall right and then here it is september 1st and i'm like wait a minute hold on hold on yeah we're kind of stretching a little bit further and actually this is the stuff this is the kind of weather that i personally enjoy you know where you can just take a little bit of edge off the heat still enjoy your life you know and get around and the pacific northwest is so amazing anyways i'm just kind of favoring our area you know but not in others like you know where our guest is calling in from it's very you know nice that she's joining us uh which we'll connect soon but other than that it's really cool right Yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And to all those people with flooding and all of that stuff, yeah. we just send our really beautiful, good thoughts and and uh, hope everybody's staying safe. And yeah, those with more water, give it to those that don't have any. <laughs> if you're looking at the weather, the news and weather reports, you'll find you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you definitely will. Yeah. yeah so for mm-hmm. those of you gearing up for school and everything, um, yeah, lots of love. Here we go. Get ready, hang on to your hats, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was telling somebody the other way, other day, hang on to your tinfoil hat. She goes, Loretta, what are you trying to say? <laughs> I go, just get ready. Life is <laughs> happening, right? So anyway, I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis located right here in the greater Seattle area for the last 27, 28 years. And you can still find me over there at ReikiOasis.com. Sign up for everything at ReikiOasis.schedule. Uh, schedule.rakeoasis.com <laughs> one of those put it right. in order you'll by, find it by the way great location been there a couple times to see you so if you haven't checked it out do it thank you yeah, yeah it is it's a great location mm-hmm. and i you know i always feel like i'm in a tree house which you know yeah. i'm on the second floor of a building with these great big trees around it and people are always really surprised um when they get there they go you're you're in the city aren't you and yeah. i'm like not real not really <laughs> have you seen those bnbs in the tree houses you can like stay oh, i want to do that for sure i do too yeah that's funny you bring that up because i was thinking about taking like little short trips because mm-hmm. i'm not doing my big egypt trip this year i'll do it next year but um yeah i was looking at all these unusual places and i'm always kind of drawn to that stuff like oh that would be really cool let's try that right so yeah, I don't let's, know. Swiss, let's do it. Swiss Family Robinson. I watched it too much. Many oh my times god, that kid, was my right? favorite. My my boys and I actually just a couple of weeks ago watched that for the first time, and I was like, "You got to yeah. keep watching. You'll just find out where they live." They're like, "No way!" And they looked at it. They're like, "That's so cool." Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it is. It's really cool. So <laughs> as a little girl, I always wanted a treehouse, and now I have Reiki Oasis in a treehouse. Yeah. You can come see me and. <laughs> And it's great fun. We do lots of stuff over there, obviously, you know, way more than Reiki. You can check it out. Um, I do have Reiki classes coming up. Reiki 1 is September 10th. Reiki 2, October 1st and November 12th is Master Reiki. You could actually get yourself set up to do your own Reiki business if you're interested in something like that. A lot of people are telling me they're wanting to expand and do something from their heart. So if that calls to you, let me know. And then astrology. I always feel like I need to apologize to Benny. It's been a wild ride for years now, 
but uh, September is set to be a little bit more of a reflective month. I know. Is it starting um, now? It is. Oh, boy. Because I don't um, think I'm reflecting much right now. <laughs> I think it's still pretty like. <laughs> well, uh, the reason I say that is that we currently have five planets retrograde. They're all, I know. They're all battling for position. <laughs> Well, I'll label them. I'll name them off because right. someone asked me about this I'll, yesterday. I'll let you do your your, your, your stick there. We got Jupiter. <laughs> okay. Jupiter magnifies everything, right? We got Saturn, who is kind of the, uh, the karma planet. We have Uranus, who wants to break free from everything. We got Neptune, who's like dreamy, and I don't know. Maybe I just don't want to pay attention to things. And then we have Pluto, the lord of the underworld. They're all retrograde, and then Mercury will join them very soon. <laughs> Come on, Mercury, <laughs> join the party. And there will be six planets retrograde. Oh so um, I, I just want you to be aware. So everybody always talks about Mercury retrograde. So it goes retrograde on the 9th of September. It will stay there until October 2nd. But I just want to say this retrograde energy, this reflective energy, all it does is go, let's pull the carpet back and see what it is you swept under there that needs to get some cleaned up, right? Yeah, that's it. Funny how so, you say that, because I'm actually putting my house on the market this month. So that's are. that's funny, but I tend not to sweep things under. And if they need to see it, they can. Like, I'm not going to do anything like that, but that's. Oh, wow, Benny, this is going to be great for you. This is really good timing for you. So. Is it really? Yeah, I Great news! That's what I want yeah. to hear. That's exactly what I want <laughs> to hear. Great news! All right, people. <laughs> Yeah, I won't go into a personal reading for you, but yeah, it's going to be a great time for you to clean that all up. All right, right? good. Thank you. Yep, yep. And we do have this, and also because we're still um, uh, dealing with that Saturn-Uranus um, uh, square, right, you know, which we've been dealing with, and that is, am I going to break free and do something new, or I'm going to stay stuck where I am, right? And so... You're breaking free. Me That's or the other true. people in my life? Because I have a few that should Everybody. break free. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, could, it could go into any direction. Okay, right? it's a two-way street. Any direction. Two-way street. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, we are in Virgo, and I do think of Virgo as this beautiful energy that helps us declutter, clean things up, right? Get things in order, right? And then as this month goes on, um, uh, we're going to be officially entering the last third of the year of 2022. Mm -hmm. So um, things are going to kind of, well, it's going to keep going till the end of the year, people. And, and of course, then next year, it's a whole, it's a whole new ball of wax, but we're going to have to figure out how to work together to get through the next couple of years. That could be challenging all on its own. Uh, during the month of September, expect a vibe shift once the sun enters that balancing sign of Libra, and it also will herald in the autumn equinox. I can't believe I'm even saying that, which is a time of finding balance and harmony. And of course, here in the Great Pacific Northwest, we are noticing the days are getting shorter, but we're still in the, you know, dog days of summer. And so just please enjoy it. Enjoy it, right? And also our resident romance planet Venus is going to be transiting through Virgo mm -hmm. and then dipping into Libra during the final days of September, bringing some softening and healing energies that will help us focus on compassion and self-love. And uh, I'm telling everybody, really do self-care right now. It's okay to put yourself first if you need to do it, right? Well, you're supposed um, to do that. Yeah. If you're well as dry, you got nothing to give. Yeah. 
So, and then we start to get cranky and resentful, right? Yeah, we don't like those people. No, no. <laughs> I'm just, uh, they, they're still loving with part of family. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. Take care right. of yourself first and then come back to us. Yeah, one right. of my clients the, the other day says, Loretta, I am so cranky. And I, I said, when was the last time you like went and got a massage or something? She says, what? No, what? A long time. Yeah, ring <laughs> I don't up, have time for that. Yeah, ring out that crankiness. <laughs> right? So go take care of yourself, everybody. And then I want to uh, just put this out there. Um, we are edging toward a very powerful Mars retrograde in Gemini that's going to happen through the last couple of months of this year. And I, I'm going to bring it up now. I just to help you become prepared, right? I call it the the sky weather, right? But um, Mars goes retrograde on October 30th, just before Halloween. It will officially enter its uh, pre-retrograde shadow on September 3rd. So it's already start, you're already going to start to feel that backflow of Mars. And so even though there's going to be six planets retrograde, you're going to start to feel that pull of that seventh planet and this is a, a challenging retrograde because it is in gemini so mars is like fire and and energy and passion and inspiration in gemini which is i'm two-minded and it's an air sign so when you fit mix fire with air i just want to say what do you get yeah that's what you get so it can either be healthy. I'm trying not to think be... of it right now. I'm just trying not to think of it. <laughs> oh, right. So um, <laughs> just be aware of the fact that that is during eclipse season. We also have an eclipse on election day. So this is heated energy. And so take the month of September, get your, get your breathing in there, get your house in alignment a little bit, and then hang on. Like I said, to your tinfoil hat, because oh, you know boy. it's always it's always great when we have adventures and have life changes. <laughs> Almost so is this like the proverbial like roller coaster? It's like kind of climbing, 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 get up, and then oh boy, <laughs> gotta look down. And I think it's that roller coaster that goes all the way around, makes uh, that whole loop thing. Yeah, yeah. Just don't yeah. bring your cell phone; you might lose it. Yeah. Anyway, take care of yourself and love on yourself and love on others. We're we going to go. make it through, right? Since it's such adventurous energy, it's the perfect day for my guest. I have the amazing D Flower photographer, adventurer, amazing woman. Oh my goodness, I can't wait to talk to her. And she's a writer. She began traveling around the world when she trekked in the Himalayas to celebrate the millennium. Apparently, we lived through that, D. A safari to Kenya in 2003 and a one-year stay in Africa began a long relationship with the continent of Africa. And as a certified interpreter trainer for NAI, she provided training for 55 safari guides in Kenya. And after an early retirement as a park ranger, she traveled to over 40 countries on six continents. She's still going. She did take a little break during the pandemic, apparently but um she's especially drawn to africa and she's written a really great memoir called where the wind wills life can be un as unpredictable as the wind recently she traveled to spain for the running of the bulls 
Morocco to ride on camels in the desert, Cuba to connect with the local communities, and Iceland twice to experience the natural world. And through all the ups, downs, twists, and turns she encountered, she emerged as a fiercely independent woman, <laughs> confident and flexible, changeable and free, and committed to continuing to journey wherever <laughs> the wind wills. Welcome to the show, Dee. It's such a delight to have you here. Thank you. Thank you, Loretta. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I love your uh, picture behind you and the mask on the wall. Oh. <laughs> mm -hmm. Brings in a little bit of flavor of your adventures. Sure. Um, so I am an adventurer, not quite like you, but I love to travel the world. I love traveling and seeing other cultures. I want to ask you, um, when did you first realize that you had such an adventurous spirit? You know, I think it goes all the way back to as a young child when I would watch TV shows with my father. And usually they were cowboy westerns. And, you know, I would see the, the cowboy get on the horse at the end and ride off into the sunset headed to somewhere else. And I was like, I want to be that person that gets on that horse and rides off. So I think that sort of spurred the, the whole thing of just knowing where I, what I needed to do in my life. So when, when did you actually start traveling? I mean, were you traveling as a, as a kid or was that when you were grown up or what happened? Uh, you know, uh, my father always said, of course, I'm going to talk a lot about my father, but he always had this motto. We have things to places to go, things to do and people to meet. And so he was always trying to get us out there going different places. Um, and then after uh, my parents did divorce and after they divorced, my mother and I traveled to all 48 of the continental United States and into Canada oh, wow. and Mexico. So I never really thought I would probably get any further than that. But, you know, life happens and suddenly I had other opportunities and uh, started exploring. Wow, I, I'm thinking about that, all 48 continental states. How long did that take you guys to do that? Well, I mean, we did it in segments. Sure. You know, we would, we would concentrate on the New England states, and then next we would concentrate on the southeast or the southwest. And so um, we just had a, she's like my best traveling companion. She was my best traveling companion. I did all the driving. All this was by car, and I did all the driving. Uh, she did not drive, but she was a great passenger. <laughs> that sounds, uh, it really sounds fun. Yeah, it's oh, funny. It but, yeah, I've never actually done that, and it's it's on my bucket list, like visit all of the uh, mm -hmm. United States, all the states. Yeah, interesting. Um, so you went through life to a certain extent, right? Mm -hmm. When did you take your first international trip? My first uh, truly international trip was um, shortly after my divorce. I uh, went to like a, a divorce recovery group and some of us started doing some international traveling. So it was really, uh, I went with a couple of girlfriends to Costa Rica. And that was first time actually out of the North American continent 
I love that. That's a great idea for a divorce recovery group. I think it could be a pandemic recovery group, right? Well, yes, <laughs> we need that. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, because I love to travel and, and um, the last trip, you know, I take groups of people. We came back from Egypt three days before they shut us down, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I got to tell you that I've kind of felt the, um, like, I want to go again. Do you know what I mean? Oh, okay. have, have you been able to travel at all during the pandemic or? Uh, no, I mean, I just did a trip to New Mexico uh, just because it sounded international. <laughs> I... <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I love what you said. And, uh, For the but... listeners, uh, D is in okay. Nashville today. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Thanks. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I have, I have booked, I've been to, like you say, 40 countries on six continents and never been on a cruise ship. So I actually have booked a trip, a three week cruise starting in November. I'll have to admit I'm excited, but I'm a bit nervous because I do suffer from motion sickness. Oh. So um, I've, I've kind of talked to uh, women who travel group on Facebook and they're all giving me wonderful, wonderful suggestions on how to overcome that yes yeah very good it's a good way to um get your sea legs on a cruise ship is my my comment to you yeah okay yeah i think you'll be just fine i'm looking forward to hearing about your trip right sounds really great um i want to talk a bit about you became a park ranger mm -hmm. where where did that desire come from like a park ranger well, I've never, I, I gotta be honest with you. I've never actually talked to, well, my brother was a park ranger. Okay. So, uh -huh. but then he, you know, he went on to fight forest fires and things like that. But what made you decide to become a park ranger? I find it fascinating. Well, what's kind of interesting is my, my father uh, planned a vacation for us uh, to Allegheny state park, which is, which was right on the border of Pennsylvania and New York state. And it was, you know, we rented a cabin and it was, you know, a very um, outdoorsy thing to do. And they uh, were having a critter race and everyone was to bring a critter down to the visitor center and they were having a race. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I found a daddy long legs in our cabin and I took it. And I'd say there were at least maybe 10 other children who brought a critter and we actually had this race, but what I was so impressed was that there was a female park ranger. Oh. And I never thought about females being park rangers. And I saw her and I watched her and I was like nine years old. And from that day on, I was telling all my friends and family, I'm going to grow up and be a park ranger. I think that's great. Um, I, I, I want to get into your adventures, but I want to talk just a little bit about um, park rangers and um, what what do they do? It's a basic question. Like, what do you do as a park ranger? Well, uh, it's for me the best job in the world. Um, you actually I was with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. OK, so I started in Nashville. Uh, and then ended up out in the Northwest. But um, it's, it's like you meet and greet the public. 
So you're always interacting with the public and you want to make sure they have a wonderful experience because when people have a truly wonderful experience, then they want to protect the natural resources that we have. Yeah. Uh, and um, so I was able to uh, plan campfire programs. And uh, I mean, another great uh, opportunity is, you know, we had to go boating. We had to have our boating license. So, and we had to check our, our trails all the time, make sure, you know, a tree hadn't fallen or, so every day was a different day. Yeah, I, I'm hearing what you say. I, I like the sounds of that. I understand why that would appeal to you. And also as a, a part of the Army Corps of Engineers, um, some of the things that the Army Corps of Engineers does, um, you know, I think it's important for people to pay attention to this, especially because uh, we need to, in my opinion, preserve our parks, you know, our national, our, our natural places, right, as well as the animal life and everything that goes along with that. So um, I look at that as kind of an important thing. Um, so you have in your book, Where the Wind Wills, <laughs> life can be as unpredictable as the wind and I love the fact your name is D flowers and I kept thinking of flower in the wind flower in the wind so you know, my heart to you and I, I mean that with all the graciousness that I can. Um, there's something very special about allowing the wind to blow you where it will. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how you want to talk about that, you know, um, in reading your book I'm thinking to myself okay I've done some trips where it's been kind of uncomfortable but are you fearless. Well, I mean, uh, I came from a family of very strong women. Uh, so uh, my mother and my grandmother were very strong, very independent. Um, and then I, I started reading other women's stories that are fearless women. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I want to kind of like follow in their footsteps. I want to, I'm just so impressed with the things that women have done. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's why I've been willing to just go where the wind wills, so to speak, is just, if an opportunity comes, take it, take it, don't miss it. Because you don't know if it's gonna come back around again. Yeah, that's actually true. And um, I'm also thinking, you know, to people listening because one of my, um, you know, one of my reasons I wanted you on this show is to help instill that adventurous spirit into people who quite often hold themselves back from things because they're afraid, like I can't do that, or that's too scary, or um, Africa, right, you know, can't man do what, right, you know, so that's, that's kind of what I wanted you to kind of bring forward. And I, I want to ask you this, too, because you you call you say that you are happily divorced. So talk about that a moment. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I have to clarify that because yes. of course my, the divorce is terribly, horribly painful, and mine was. Uh, but the healing part of that is what unearthed, I feel like my true self. Uh, and that's what led me, you know to fulfill the childhood dream. And then that led to 
more and more adventures as a park ranger. My first trip to Africa was with a group of park rangers from the US that went on an eco tour. And so that's how it, you know, step by step, it sort of leads you. Um, yeah, it does. It leads you and I think it calls you. And as you step into it, I think you decide to step into it further. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm also being with the fact that sometimes there's these things in our life that catapult us into something greater that maybe is in our heart that we really want to do. And you said something I think is important is like, you know, if you if there's something you want to do, do it. Right. If you okay. don't do it. Where are you? Right. Well, and I also feel like it's never too late. To follow your dreams. So, you know, don't ever feel like your age would stop you or anything like that. I mean, just keep on going and reach for those, those dreams and goals that you have. Don't let your age stop you. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's a million dollar t-shirt, right? Right there. Yeah. Don't let your age stop you. Um, and yeah, we, I think we need to be alive and there's mm -hmm. so much life out there, like people in other cultures and other continents, are thrilling to me. It's like, what is, what's going on with them, right? Um, we're we're going to take a station break because I, I kind of want to take a break here. And then when we come back, I want to really delve into your adventures, especially into Africa, which you talk a lot about in your book and is it's very heartfelt. So for my listeners, this is Loretta Brown. We're talking to Dee Flower today. Her beautiful book, Where the Wind Wills, Life Can Be As Unpredictable as the Wind, um, I'm actually going to just recommend people go and order it now. Um, I, I think we're on a pre-order. It'll be out in about a week or so, maybe, uh, officially. Or is it coming out now? It's Dee? already out. It's, it's out. out. Good. Mm -hmm. It's a really great read. It's exciting. It's thrilling. It's kind of um, nail-biting in some places and very heartfelt in others. So, uh, oh, there it is. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually have the, the, the book itself. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank Where you. the wind will deflower. Yeah. So it's Loretta Brown. We're going to be right back and please come back. We're going to talk about adventures. We're going to talk about Africa. You're going to want to hear it. Energy is powerful. It's all around us. Mysterious, full of potential. Directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional-sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. After I came home from Iraq, I could still hear the booms. Makes it hard to be a good mom. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. I'm Naomi Mathis, Air Force veteran. DAV helps veterans get the benefits they've earned. Thanks to DAV, I was able to begin to heal. With the right support, 
more veterans can reach victories great and small. My victory is being able to be here for my children. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Alternative Talk 1150, here to up. Beautiful. Always a good choice, Benny. She's like the wind. That's great. I love that. That's your theme thank song you. right there, Dean Flower. Yeah. Thank you to Mr. Benny Mathers, right? I wish I could claim that song for myself, but I can't. But I'll give the dubious honor to, you know, our, uh, you know, beloved Patrick Swayze. Yeah. So rest thank in peace. You. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome back to the original Loretta Brown show with my guest, Dee Flower. And we're talking about her book, Where the Wind Wills, and her wonderful, amazing, adventurous travels you need to read about them. I want to remind the listeners, these shows are archived and downloaded for free at the original Loretta Brown Show archives at KKNW 11.50 a.m. We're also on iTunes, Podcast One, Spotify, Twitter, uh, live YouTube. Uh, we're all over the place. So please uh, go and get it and listen to it over and over again. And of course, get Dee's book. Um, Dee, I want to talk about Africa. I want to talk about Africa. Why Africa? I don't really know why I have such a special connection, but as soon as I went on my first safari, I just knew I had to go back. Um, and uh, my significant other at the time, uh, I had taken him with me on the first safari and we both agreed we had to get back there somehow. And we had to, it started out, we thought, oh, maybe we'll go for three months. And then we thought, no, six months. And then we thought, what the, you know, let's just go for a year. <laughs> and so that's what we did. So I'd love for you to share with the listening audience what I call teasers, right? Mm -hmm. So that they'll get and read your whole thing. But talk about a little bit about that year in Africa. Where did you live? How did you live? What's what sticks out from it that you would like to share with us? Well, uh, Origin Safaris uh, and Steve Turner's business, he's the one that lined us up to actually live in the bush. And I didn't know when I first said we were going for a year that we were going to end up living in the bush. Uh, but we did. <laughs> uh, and it was like, wow, we were just sort of dropped off in another place in time. And we had to sort of maneuver and figure it all out with, you know, no electricity, no running water. Uh, how were we going to manage? Uh, but, you know, I mean, we did figure it out. And um, it was incredible. It was incredible. But there were, there were some scary moments also. Also there, I mean, there's poisonous snakes and there's wild animals and um, and there's wonderful people. Oh my gosh, the, uh, we were we were with the Taita tribe, and um, I just fell in love. I thought it was going to be the animals that I would fall in love with. Ah, uh, yeah. It actually ended up being the people. Yeah, uh, I want to give uh, tell the listeners like. Okay, so I'm reading in your book and you're talking about going to Africa and you're like, okay, now we're going to live in the bush. And I'm like, in the bush? Right, what? What do you mean? Like, I'm thinking to myself and, and I am this way. Okay, so I climbed to the top of glaciers in the Himalayan mountains and, and I have to have my lip gloss. People are like, Loretta, do you have lip gloss? I'm like, yeah, right? So you're, you're going to live in the bush. And then you talk in your book about how you're 
your partner at that time shown a flashlight on the ceiling and up there's all these animals living right, you know, they're right above your heads in this, you know, this sort of a hut that you're in. And I went, wow, wow. You know, the ability to be able to take that on and then and live through that and find out, find the good parts, right? I don't even know how you slept. Oh, I, that first night, I mean, we slept under the covers, everything <laughs> because uh, he, show, he showed a light, a flashlight up on the, it's, it's all a grass roof that we had. And I mean, we saw all these critters and lizards and things climbing around up in there. And we're like, oh my gosh, but there we were. And so we just. <laughs> <laughs> Did you eventually covers. get them cleaned out of there? Or did they always just come back? Oh, and they out? always lived there. That was their home first before we arrived. Okay. But I tried to come up with really creative ways to catch the droppings, their droppings that when we would get up in the morning, the table would be covered, the floor would be covered. And I was like, okay, I have to figure out something here to protect us so to speak and so we hitchhiked our way to Mombasa <laughs> because we didn't know how else to get to Mombasa and we went to a fabric store there and I bought tons of fabric and I ended up hanging all of that like hammocks up at the ceiling level to catch some of the droppings sure. it helped it wasn't a complete success but it certainly helped yeah. So you, you met the people, you mm -hmm. had a woman that showed up that was going to bring you water and, and do some cooking for you. Can you talk a little bit about the people? And also, what did you do while you were there? Because you helped out with things, uh, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, we had a huge list of things that we committed to doing uh, for the uh, National Park Service there, also for um, East African Wildlife Society. Uh, with the Taita Chief, uh, we planned a bike derby for conservation that he had been wanting to do for several years. So we had a whole list of responsibilities that we had committed to, but living in the bush, we weren't quite sure how we were gonna ever be able to, you know, complete those um but you know like i mean the first morning after sleeping under the covers there was a knock at our door and i looked out and it was a beautiful title woman uh, jasmine and she had like a yellow big yellow plastic container on her head and it was water for us to use for the day and um i was like oh okay <laughs> so she's like Hody, can I come in? And I'm like, well, yeah. And there was a bucket over there where she poured the water and she said, I'll be back every day to bring you water. So, uh, you know, we loved her <laughs> and got to know her and her family very well. And then in the evening, Tempest came and knocked on our little screen door and said, I'm here to cook your dinner. So, <clears throat> she was a great cook and really developed a close relationship with Tempest also. So the people, <clears throat> very loving, very accepting. I mean, 
you did they speak english you know did you how did you communicate you know these sorts of uh, basic things yeah yeah uh, i mean they knew some english for sure and um so and <clears throat> they knew swahili and we were trying to learn swahili at the same time and a few title words <clears throat> and it's amazing how you can actually communicate with people through body language and you know, pointing and <clears throat> so it, it worked out quite well. And um, what I really loved were the children. There was an elementary school there. And every time we walked down the hill from our, what we called Bonda, <clears throat> which is a little rest house, every time we would walk down the hill, oh my gosh, those little children would break away from their outdoor school room <clears throat> and come running over and wanting to shake our hands and say hello every day. Um, we loved them. And, and actually, I had a video camera with me. And one day we got permission to go and video them doing their traditional Taita dance, trying to keep their culture alive. They had been taught by their one of their school teachers, a traditional dance. And um, it's one of my favorite videos that I have. And a, and a, a little girl, an adorable little girl led the dance. And I was like, wow, her name was Valley, and um, I'd love to go find her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so in all of your traveling, I know you've written this book. Do you have anything published anywhere else? I think you've got something published in Legacy Magazine or something. Yes. You, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I also, uh, you know, traveled to the Omo River Valley in Ethiopia to meet the, the different tribes there along the Omo River. And um, I, I did meet a young woman uh, and I just, we, she did not speak any English, but I asked her if I could please take her photo. And her photo ended up on the cover of Legacy Magazine, which I'd love to see her again. And, uh, and the story was the cover story. Yeah, I think you have that picture on your website. And for the listeners, I want to uh, just, you know, remind you, D is a photographer, an amazing photographer. And um, I, I just really think your work needs to be out there more. Like, I just want to pr promote the bejeebers out of you as a fierce, independent woman who's out there doing the thing, right? Interacting. Um, your story is also very, very heartfelt. Um, without giving away all your secrets, you talk about love, you talk about romance, and you lay it all out there. So how did you decide what you were going to include in this book? Because you probably have all kinds of journals and memoirs. I, I do. I mean, um, I've always felt like I could express myself and my emotions better through the written word. So I always did diaries growing up, and then I've always journaled on my trips. Um, but I, I, you know, I I had a a developmental editor when I had gotten a professional edit before the book was published, and I would have to say that she I met her here in Nashville, and I would say she really prompted me to go deeper. She said, I really feel like your writer yeah. is going to want to know more. Yes. And I'm like, oh, do I really want to share more? <laughs> uh, but, but slowly I did. I did. Well, I, I want to uh, say thank you for that because 
when we're, you know, there are all kinds of people who travel and write memoirs and blog posts and all that kind of thing, but you entered into the heart of it. And I think that calls us all at some level. Um, so Africa, um, when are you going back? <laughs> well, um, actually this will now be, I'm starting on a trip, which I've never been on a cruise ship, but I'm going to get on a cruise ship in November for three weeks. And it's going to end up, it starts in Italy, it's going to end up in Dubai, going several other stops along the way. And I'm going to be so close to Africa that there's no way I am not going <laughs> to have a reunion with my friends in Africa. So yes. I think that sounds wonderful. I hope you do. And I hope you have a really, really good time. So can you share with us what, what might have been your best and worst days on the road, whether that's Africa or anywhere? Well, of course, I think everyone would probably have to agree that getting sick on a trip or getting food poisoning has got to be the worst days. And of course, I, I did get food poisoning just shortly before the year was ending, the year-long stay in Africa was ending uh, and it hospitalized for that. So of course that was worst, my worst day. And, you know, encountering a poisonous snake was probably the second worst day. Uh, but you know, my best days, of course I remember my best days better. And it was my connection with all the amazing women that I met along the way. And realizing that even though we have these cultural differences, I mean, basically, we're all from the same tribe. Yeah. Uh, and just having that connection with these amazing women is what is my fondest memories. Do you have any specific story about that that you could share with us, an incident? Uh, well, you know, when I was on the Omo River and the last tribe for us to go visit was the Mercy and, but we found out that their enemies had chased them off the river a few days earlier and they had gone inland. Now, there were six of us on this excursion and we had to decide, were we willing to go inland to find them? And I was like, definitely, definitely. And so we, we all took a vote and we ended up going to find them. Now, to get to them, I mean, we had to go through the most horrible attack by titi flies. <laughs> when we got there, this is the, uh, the tribe where they wear lip plates. The women oh. wear play lip plates. Yeah. You've ever seen photos of them? Well, anyways, uh, we got there and a beautiful young woman who actually had the largest lip plate with there that we saw. Uh, it was like seven inches in, in diameter. And I, I just walked up to her and I was just, you know, I was just thinking, oh my gosh, you know, is that painful to wear that? I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, not quite knowing how to interact with her. And she just popped it out and handed it to me. Oh my. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I was, you know, I didn't know what to do, but I, I took it and I just thanked her and there was just some kind of a connection between she and I that cannot be explained in words yeah it's just it just happened yeah. so I still have that and of course when I do my photo exhibits and I take my artifacts and everything that lip plate is always 
the main focus of my exhibits. That's beautiful. I was asking, actually going to ask you if you still had it. Um, I, I feel like that's kind of a big deal, right? <laughs> and what I really love is how she gave it to you from her heart, one woman to another. She just gave it to you. And now here it is part of your, your exhibition. I love that. Mm -hmm. I just love it so much, right? Thank you. Yeah. And yeah, you do share some pretty scary stories. Um, I just want to read very quickly to the listening audience because I'm just giving them teasers. Uh, your, your book has in it, this is a quote out of your book, part of what you have written. Are there any positive aspects of drowning in Lake, Lake Turkana today? The turquoise water feels warm as it encircles my body. Maybe hypothermia won't set in until nightfall. <laughs> So I'm just giving people a taste. You write so very wonderfully and, and bring the reader right there. And so I, I love it. Um, what I'm going to ask this question. Um, what's your favorite place on the planet, if you have one? You know, that that's a good question. And I get asked that all the time. And honestly, when I'm traveling, I'm literally living in the moment. I am in the moment. And where I happen to be at that moment is my favorite place in the world. Uh, of, of course, you know, I, I do have the special connection to the continent of Africa, but it would be very difficult to just find a certain place. Yeah, I, I sometimes have people ask me that and I'm like, I don't know, right? <laughs> and I think your answer where I'm at in the moment is probably the very best answer. I find everything's got its own call to it, its own energy. Egypt is my is my call 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 you know and I don't know if you believe in past lives and those things but uh, you know I've had lots of people tell me you've been there a lot Loretta so I'm like okay well now I'm going again so you might have that really strong connection to mm -hmm. Africa and I think Africa is a special place on the planet right like I know a lot of people that live there and I've always wanted to connect with people that don't look like me ah yes you know and that's why. I love going and meeting other people from other cultures. Yeah. So what is your most prized position from your travels? Do you have such a thing? Well, um, I mean, I, I have several artifacts. And of course, we've already talked about the, the lip plate that, that yes. means so much to me. And I went to a Samburu circumcision ceremony. And from there, I have um, a spear that I brought back that... Um, I don't know. It's just, it's like something that protects you. Yes. You feel like it's a, a very, something that's very protective. Uh, I have a lot of uh, beaded Maasai jewelry. And I sort of, you know, said, let's forget the diamonds and the gold and the silver. I just want this natural beaded jewelry. Yes. So I'm happy with that. Was that a circumcision ceremony for the men or the women? That was for the men, for, for the, the men, for the young men, like ages 10 to 20, because they only do it like every 10 years. So, um, yeah, it was very, um, very interesting. And have you been part of any of their ceremonies? Uh, I mean, I, I've uh, attended a Maasai wedding. Ah, okay. That, that was um, out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and uh, but it was it was wonderful a wonderful experience yes to see yeah yeah and right. I understand that the women have circumcision 
over there, which is probably another conversation, but yeah. Well, it, it, it is. And I, I guess a part of me thought I was going to see women who were just beaten down and unhappy. That is not the case at all. I saw women, yes, they've probably been circumcised. And, but I saw these women that seemed to be so happy and singing and they just had, I mean, connections with their, their female friends and the children. And I was just like, wow, this is not what I expected. And I was yeah. so grateful to see that, how happy they were. Yeah, I have to uh, tell you, you know, I told you I lived almost nine years in Saudi Arabia, and it was one of the things that I discovered was that sisterhood is what I call it, but the closeness of the women and how they share with each other is very unlike what we experience here in the West, right? Definitely. A lot to be learned from that. And very, very loving, inclusive people. It's definitely a sisterhood. Yes. Yeah. So what is your proudest moment? You know, uh, I mean, I, I want to think that in, in some way, shape, or form, I made some kind of a difference in someone's life. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what I would be the proudest of. And I, and I know uh, one of my Maasai friends, his little girl uh, was diagnosed with tuberculosis. Tuber- and, and just being able to get her to a clinic where she could get help and she could stay and then go later, three months later and pick her up and bring her home happy. It's a, it's a wonderful feeling. Yeah. Um, did you have um, medical care and things like that? I mean, it sounds to me like it might've been challenging when you were out there in Africa. Medical care for for either yourself or others? Oh, um, basic. There was basic medical care. Um, but, you know, it was, it was also my significant other suffered from uh, severe seizures. So I was always very concerned about his health. And, uh, and of course, my own, because, yeah, you know, if you live somewhere in a year, I mean, you're going to get sick or have some problems and and yes uh i think the the hardship of living in africa revealed itself when i was sick um and and also for for him because he did have two seizures during that year which were very scary for him but also for me because i i pretty much had to take care of what was happening but we made it, you know, we made it and yeah. we would not have done it without each other. Yeah. I don't believe we would have gone separately. And I'm grateful for the fact that we had that yeah. together, even yes. though we're no longer together. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I understand that. I, I think sometimes, you know, somebody told me once that uh, all relationships have a season, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it was it was your thing, right? So yeah, you did. You helped each other a lot. You bring that forward, and also the fact you're no longer together. Um, spending that year in Africa, and this is maybe a question that I'm not sure I know how to a- answer. How did it change you? How has these travels changed you? Um, I think it's made me realize how much I still have to learn uh-huh. about other cultures. 
Uh, I love learning. I love hearing their oral stories. Uh, and yet knowing that somehow, I mean, we're all from one tribe. I mean, we all are human beings. We all have the same feelings. We all want the same things for our families and our children. Uh, and just recognizing that uh, is, has been incredible. It's been incredible for me. I love what you just said. Um, you know, I, I think it, I actually think it's important for people to travel and to to get to where they understand what you just said that we're we're in a very diverse world but at the you know you remove all of that we're all the same mm -hmm. you know we all have hopes and dreams and love and hurt and all of that right mm -hmm. yeah definitely so um what do you have coming up next and where can people find you well um I'm, of course, I'm, uh, my webpage is dflower.com and I have lots of photos uh, displayed on there. Um, and I'm also on Instagram. I'm Nashville Sahara on Instagram. Um, I am on Facebook as dflower. Um, and um, I'm going to be doing other, uh, other interviews and in October, there is uh, the Southern Festival of Books here in Nashville. It's a whole weekend. I have a booth where I want to meet lots and lots of people who, uh, who decide to come to Nashville because Nashville's got a lot to offer besides books. <laughs> and uh, I hope to see a lot of people there. Yeah. You know, listeners, if you, you have places to go, things to do, and people to meet, yes. like Steve Flower, head out to Nashville. Exactly. Yeah, it's been a delight to have you on my show today. And wow, I hope we meet up in some adventurous place sometime, Dee. Really, truly, really keep your beautiful stories and your photographs coming out. And uh, to everybody listening, have a wonderful, wonderful week. And uh, yeah, do something. Do just do something different. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Kitty.